The Soil Factory is not only dirt talk, it's a discussion about all things soil, business, marketing, and cool people. And now your host, straight out of compost, the one, the only, Luis Chamorro. Okay, Luis with the Ground Up and the Soil Factory podcast. And we are recording episode number seven. Today's uh, podcast episode will answer some questions that I asked our loyal Facebook followers on Facebook back on a post we did on January 23rd, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, January 23rd. So if you want to follow us on Facebook, that is an easy way to do and follow the ground up. Pretty simple. Facebook.com forward slash the ground up. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, <coughs> excuse me, you've um, you've listened to some really cool people in, um, that have different backgrounds. They do different things. Some are entrepreneurs. Some sell wood. Some are kids. And today I have a guest who works for the ground up, but in previous uh, his previous professional experience was a very talented uh, accountant and a very talented business owner. Um, he owned a landscaping company. His name is Craig Jacobs. He does sales for the ground up. He's incredibly knowledgeable about everything landscaping, and he's very nervous. Craig Jacobs. <laughs> Thank you, Luis. Thanks for having me. Okay, so today uh, <laughs> it's funny because as I see, as I said here in front of him, he's he he's never done a podcast. So and he's we, sweating and he's nervous. Yeah, shaking. Shaking. Are you shaking? I'm not shaking. No, you're not shaking. Okay, I good. Am well, he's nervous, but today is pretty fun. Okay, so uh, the topics we're gonna discuss today, based on our Facebook followers and the questions they asked, are pretty simple. Uh, one of the questions is compost top dressing. The other question is basics of compost, what types of compost there are, how to compost, what can go in compost and not go in compost, what's artillery fungus in mulch, also the benefits of fungal and bacterial compost for our local flora, and one of the last questions we received was, is it safe to use metal containers for growing vegetables? So let's start with um, let's start with uh, by asking Craig a couple of questions here. Craig, when you how, how long did you uh, own this landscaping company for? So I've been in a, I was in the landscape business for thirty years. Um, started out as the ten year old kid cutting seven yards a week and uh, making money at it. Loved it, enjoyed it. Did it all the way through high school. Owned a business through college. And then I owned a business while I was an accountant in industry. Yeah. And uh, from your personal experience, um, how many people did a top dressing service of compost top dressing? So in the early years, it was very rare, almost unheard of. In the last, you know, I, I, I closed the business two years ago, a little over two years ago, and in the last... Five years prior to that, it became more popular, more common. People became more educated and knowledgeable about uh, the benefits of compost top dressing their turf and the compost in, you know, plant and flower beds and, and vegetables, edibles as well. 
So how, how many people would you say use that service? I mean, I, it's probably hard to remember, but. So if you, you know, if you'd say that I had 185 weekly customers, I would say 10% annually would uh, top dress compost. Okay. Compost top dress. So 18 clients, yeah, give or take. Yeah. So 18 clients out of 185 and top dressing is one of those tasks that you do on a, on a landscape, on, especially on turf grass that will make your turf grass thrive as you change that environment where the turf grass is planted. Am absolutely, I right? Absolutely, absolutely correct. Okay, cool. So, uh, the basics of top dressing are pretty simple. You wanna mute that. Craig is a pretty busy guy here at the ground up, so. And this is a uh, no filter type of podcast. Okay, so. Uh, I get a lot of questions online via the groundup.com website and most the, the most common question is how do I top dress my yard? When we go to trade shows, people who approach us at the booth, uh, here recently we went to Stafford Center and we also went to the Berry Center in SciFair and that was one of the main questions. The rule of thumb is you top dress at a max uh, layer um, thickness of a quarter inch and at a minimum three eighths of an inch so if you want to calculate how much cubic yards of compost top dressing you need you go to the ground up you scroll down you look at the calculator you put your length and width and feet and on the inches side for a quarter uh, inch you put 0.25 and for a three eighths of an inch you put 0.125 if you don't have a machine to top dress your yard, it's very simple to do it. If you take small mounds or make small piles throughout the yard and you take a bow rake, not a leaf rake, a bow rake. I'm going to do a blog post and show you what a bow rake looks like. So after this podcast or while you're listening to the podcast, you can go to thegroundup.com and click on their blog. And I'm just going to put a very simple and straightforward picture of a bow rake. The bow rake has a side that has the spikes and the other side of the rake has a flat, um, how do I describe this, Greg? Bar, bar. I describe, yeah, a flat bar. You take the flat bar and that's how you're going to rake that compost in by working it back and forth, back and forth. It's actually a pretty good workout. Is there any other way you did this, Craig, when you uh, did it uh, for your clients? That was it back then. That was the manual way to do it. Uh, have it delivered in your driveway, load it up in a wheelbarrow, dump small piles, and the back of the bow rake was, uh, and just work it in. Um, we typically went a little deeper in the winter. Instead of a quarter inch, we would go up to a half an inch or to where just the top quarter of inch of, of a blade of grass was showing through. In the summers, we would never go that deep because we didn't want to smother the soil and smother the grass and the roots. Um, but let your conscience be your guide. A quarter inch is a great application rate. Um, but no, and then just get your back into it and work. Perfect. Uh, so at the ground up, we also distribute a machine. We're the distributor for a machine called the Eco Lawn 250. This machine has a hopper where the landscape contractor will put compost in. Uh, they use Compost DS, My Organic Compost DS, which is available in garden centers and also at the ground up. And they put the setting, they adjust the setting on the machine, and then they go to your house and do the top dressing. And it's really fast, a really clean way. 
uh, one of the companies off the top of my head that has this machine and that you can call for a top dressing service is L3 Designs. Uh, they're based out of Houston. It's a very uh, great, it's a great company and they do a really good job with this. But there are other companies that do it. This is just off the top of my head. Um, so if you have more questions about top dressing, feel free to ask via uh, either Facebook or uh, you send us a quick question via the website. Okay, anything else you want to add to that, Craig? What, what about uh, core aeration? Is that needed? Absolutely. Um, I would I would suggest core aeration at least twice, if not three times a year. And when you do that, also after you've core aerated, uh, spread your compost. Compost top dressing is great two to three times a year. I would do a minimum of twice. Uh, once in the spring um, for the green up and then once in the fall before we go into dormancy. Perfect. If you don't know what core aeration is, is there's a machine that pretty much punches holes on your yard and if the machine is unable to punch holes in your yard, that means you have a very compacted environment and very likely that you cannot put any nutrients in that in that soil. So that's where compost comes into play. Compost is really a really good thing for anything. Even even sprinkle it in your cereal and taste really good. Okay. Next topic, and let's see who asked this question. Um, ben Hill, uh, one of our uh, loyal Facebook followers asked basics of compost types of composting hot and cold composting worms etc how to do it what can you put in it and what what you can't so Ben thank you for the question and let me go ahead and answer that question for you so what types of compost are there you can pretty much compost anything you want that has organic matter or that decomposes. But in essence, the composting that's most popular is done with yard trimmings, food waste, leaves, manure, mushroom waste, warm castings, which is warm poop, and biosolids or sewer sludge. So at the ground up, we make a compost from yard trimmings and food waste. The food waste we use to compost is pre-consumer fruits and veggies. We also use manure and leaves as well. Uh, we don't do warm composting, but we have a boatload of warm castings because that's one of our ingredients for some of our soil blends. Um, the most important part of our composting is making sure the product is finished, meaning it's gone through the stages of heat, these piles in a massive area, in a massive uh, volume, will heat up up to 165 to 170 degrees. If you don't turn those piles, you have the chance of uh, combustion. But because that compost has a very good moisture content, the, the, that heat raises and then you turn the pile and then you kind of cool it off and then the composting process starts again. So our compost goes through about four or five turns from the point of origination. And once it's finished, um, we go ahead and screen it and make uh, our compost and our compost DS out of it. So again, you have yard trimmings, food waste, leaves, manure, mushroom, vermi, and biosolid sewer sludge. Let's talk a little, uh, let, me, let me mention something about biosolids and sewer sludge. 
Um, this is compost that's made from uh, human waste and sewer sludge, also meaning just stuff that goes in the drain and is collected at a uh, water treatment facility. Uh, some people think that this is like the evil of compost, but in reality it's not. It's a very good product that's high in nitrogen, uh, very commonly used with turf grass, with um, golf courses, and some companies also use it for their packaged uh, materials to mix in with soils and so forth. Uh, so if you, if you hear anybody saying sewer sludge is the devil, don't believe them. Pretty simple. Anything you'd like to add to that, Craig? I think the only I think the only thing I'd like to mention is you want to make sure that you absolutely no meats, no uh, pet waste, pet poop, and and dairy. Oh, okay, we're gonna get to that in a second. Yeah. yeah. So, but in the, okay, but yeah, let let's go let's go to what uh, Craig is saying here. Yeah. So um, he's really excited. <laughs> you can tell. Okay. So. Um, You've probably gone, if, if you listen to this podcast and you're a, you are an avid gardener and you visit some garden centers, uh, you've probably seen some compost uh, bins where you can do composting at home. So one rule of thumb when you're composting at home. If you have a bin, usually it's like a black um, barrel. Yeah, it's like a barrel, yeah. And it's it sits on its side and it's attached to... Uh, the mechanism where you can turn it and it has a little lid where you open it and just put your food scraps and so forth. Leave it out in the sun where it has full sun contact. So if you leave it out in the sun and you don't have any shade and trees blocking the sun uh, light from hitting that plastic barrel, you're going to create more heat. That's number one. The rule of thumb for composting at home is pretty easy. You do the 80-20 rule. 80% brown, 20% green. What do I mean by that? 80% brown meaning carbon-rich materials such as leaves, grass clippings, um, and 20% green, that is your food waste from your kitchen. So any cuttings from uh, lettuce, banana, peel. banana peels, you can do eggs, you can do uh, coffee grinds, that, that's where you start composting all your stuff. You can do it if you have a compostable uh, filter from your coffee machine, you can put that in there. Uh, so stuff that's going to break down, but the rule of thumb is 80-20. Now going to where Craig jumped the gun, he's really excited. You don't want to compost meats, pet poop, which includes your cat, your dog, your iguana, your parrot, yeah, cockatiel. <laughs> your cockatiel, your tiger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the the news the other day. Yeah. You saw the news? Yeah. yeah. So there was a there was a news uh, segment, a news clip where some guy was uh, hiding behind a garage smoking dope. You saw that? I did. And he like looked through the window of this garage and he saw a tiger in the garage. And so he he called uh, animal control and sure enough there was a like 500 pound tiger <laughs> in a cage in some garage. <laughs> you don't want to compost that, that waste, that tiger waste. If you have an elephant, you can compost elephant poop. I think the beauty of that was that the tiger cage was secured with a plastic zip tie was the only thing holding the tiger inside nice yeah. so um for those of you that own elephants in your backyard 
you have a lot of good ways to compost or giraffes yeah. zebras i don't know get creative um so something else um if your compost starts getting stinky what does that mean you start scratching your head and you're like crap i'm not doing this the right way that means you have too much nitrogen your cn carbon to nitrogen ratio is way off you have too much nitrogen you maybe have a soupy mess in there and it stinks so if it's stinky you need to put more brown carbon rich leaves grass clippings so go to your neighbor's house or yard and take their, their, their leaves go to your house your yard rake your leaves up or go cut somebody's grass for free and keep those grass clippings right so see i'm giving you some business advice here okay something else uh, the last rule of thumb is if you are composting at home you want everything to be under three to four inches in diameter the smaller the better because it it, it'll break down easier quicker. yeah quicker anything else you'd like to add no it's an education process for me i've never composted at home always wanted to but was always afraid that i would screw it up so seems pretty simple and straightforward to me pretty simple and straightforward yep now if you want to see how we compost we are open doors 9945 Winfrey road you can access the site take a drive around and see it all happen right before your eyes it's a beautiful thing and if you are there and you want to talk to somebody that's super knowledgeable about this topic ask for mark bowen he'll be happy to talk to you okay so we've knocked out two really cool questions now let's go to the third question the benefits of fungal and bacterial compost for our local flora that's a pretty good question let's see who asked that question um that was rob bass thank you rob for asking that question okay so if you are an avid gardener and you are you are um active on facebook and instagram and um pinterest you know you have the easiness of using a hashtag and you can hashtag compost in a search bar and you can look at all kinds of different things compost you'll find some crazy stuff guys composting while wearing their thongs and taking pictures and sharing them online uh <laughs> that was an extreme example but i've seen it i've seen it i can't unhear that yeah so i have a challenge craig uh, yes sir why don't we take a photo shoot with American flag thongs, and we're doing compost top dressing in somebody's yard. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Maybe somebody does. The difference between bacterial and fungal, pretty simple. Your bacterial compost is going to be a higher nitrogen ratio. Your fungal is going to be a higher, higher carbon ratio. What we make at the ground up is fungal compost. Now, we're working on a bacterial compost right now. We're working on a on a very great batch of uh, leaf mold compost. And by the way, I mentioned leaf mold compost. Go to Twitter and follow leaf mold compost. Twitter handle leaf mold compost. We have this pile that we are working on, and we're going to start making updates on the leaf mold compost awesome. batch we have going on. So it's a pretty cool cool thing as well. 
So, um, bacterial. Bacterial is, the, the role of bacterial and fungal is pretty important because both are breaking down organic matter. Now, if you have bacterial compost, that means that the nitrogen levels are higher, such as in a compost bin full of kitchen scraps. So when you're composting at home, it's very likely you're composting bacterial compost. Now, the first wave of uh, organic decomposition is going to be bacterial, and the latter part of that is going to be fungal. What is the uh, benefit of using bacterial versus fungal? Bacterial you're going to use primarily for uh, turf grass and some pioneer plants, but fungal, on the other hand, is pretty much an all-purpose compost that you can use on pioneer plants, turf grass, woody plants, ornamentals, natives, and so forth. So what we have at the ground up, my organic compost DS or the organic compost, also referred to as vegan compost, is an all-purpose compost. One is finer than the other one. The DS is double screened. And um, this is something we use for everything you want to use in your landscape or your edibles and so forth. Um, that is pretty much the, um, the answer to that question from rob bass i hope i answered that question rob if you're listening to this podcast feel free to ask more questions about fungal and bacterial um okay can i add something real quick yep seriously follow the leaf mold compost because that's going to be a game changer for the ground up it is a game changer and not only that we're going to have fun um making the updates we're going to treat it like a baby you know when you're when you're like yeah when when uh when my wife was pregnant and we we have three three little ones um it was always the update you know and and you you see this on social media or you see it with your friends who who are expecting uh, a baby uh there's always the the shot where you're comparing week number 12 versus week number 16 and then you see week number 28 is a completely different you know picture so leaf mold compost on twitter um pretty cool now if you want to remember the, the ground up uh pretty easily on online you can do the groundup.com or you can go and type in leafmallcompost.com and it'll take you to the ground up as well boom okay so uh the next question is um was asked by liz webb and it's the question is, is it safe to use metal containers for edible plants? I see a lot of organizations promoting stock tanks for herbs and veggies. Should we be, should we be worried about any metals, galvanized steel, zinc coatings, etc., leaching into the soil and subsequently our plants? Liz, thank you for asking that question. It's a great question. And the very simple answer is... Yes, they are safe as long as you have holes on the bottom of the container to drain the water. Absolutely. Now, these containers, I know exactly what you're talking about. You can usually find them uh, at an independent garden center. You can probably go to a big box store. You can go to a feed store, a feed, feed store um, a lumber store, tractor, tractor, supply, tractor, supply, tractor supply company, something yeah. of that nature. So you can get those there. And they look beautiful when, when you put them in, in your landscapes and uh, you make a raised bed with those containers. You might have to make sure you have holes. And you have to make sure those holes lead 
to some type of drainage either system or the grade of the of of the area is such that the water is going to run off away from that container you don't want to make a condition where all that water and all that moisture is just souping up and just collecting because then you're going to affect the, the root system of the plants you're going to have water sitting in there and you might have some leaching i would assume but Absolutely. but yeah Absolutely. so you want to have those those holes now um one of the episodes we have with the soil factory podcast was uh cory mcmillan with urban organics he makes these beautiful um kits uh, made out of cedar and he also builds these awesome tables so if you want to look for something that's not galvanized go to urbanorganicsonline.com uh, or look for curry mcmullen urban organics um, online and you'll see what it, what i'm talking about is he does beautiful work with that stuff and if you don't feel like doing it yourself and breaking your back and you want somebody that's a professional at it contact him he's also on um houston life on channel two he's a guest there from time to time so he's a buff guy pretty good looking guy as well okay he might wear a thong to compost your yard i'll take the picture i'm not going to discourage yeah. you but nobody wants to see me in that i don't know why i'm obsessed with thongs and compost top dressing but <laughs> oh well sexy soil it's well we make sexy soil i think that'll take the sexy out of it I've heard i've heard you say it's sexy soil for a year now so yeah. okay so Liz, thank you for that question. And now we're gonna move towards uh, a more delicate topic. And this delicate topic is going to be, I, I don't know if the question was asked on this or if I saw it on a different, um, on a different post, but the question was about um, artillery fungus and mulch. So what is artillery fungus and mulch? Craig, I'll let you take this one for a second while before I, I explain. Okay, so artillery fungus, if I'm not mistaken, that's the funky uh, kind of pinkish, yellowish, uh, looks like vomit, looks like dog throw up, puke, whatever you want to call it in your uh, in your mulch, uh, mulch beds, right? If I'm not mistaken. That is correct, yeah. So Artillery fungus is also one of those topics that in the spring, primarily, you have people that are uh, very alarmed by this. And landscapers who install mulch in a home or a commercial property usually are the ones that get the question and, the you know, it's alarming. It's like, call 911, we have dog vomit on our yard. Right. Is not harmful number one is not a harmful uh fungus how does it happen though so i have my uh, notes here and it's pretty easy to explain artillery fungus or dog vomit fungus is present in wood decay in moist landscape mulch is any mulch except exempt from artillery fungus yes and the mulch that's exempt is oh you threw me a curveball there so uh typically your dyed mulches like your red dyed mulches were which are made from lumber and cut up pallets and shredded pallets and wood and i would assume we saw it less typically in your black mulches because of the dyeing process yeah um, 
Well, what I was going to say just real quick is that uh, we typically saw dog vomit uh, fungus, um, artillery vi- uh, virus, in a uh, fungus, excuse me, in I would say late April, May, and possibly into June. It was after that rainy season, um, and it's just purely due to the moisture in the in the wood. Yeah, and when when you had somebody, a homeowner, totally alarmed, calling you at three o'clock in the morning, what would you do to fix it? So a couple of, a couple of things. This, the most simple one is next time we were on the property, we would take a rake or a mulch and turn the turn it over and spread it out and cut it in and just you know kind of dissipate the the dog vomit and make it go away and turn it over. Um, or you know if if we could, we'd sell them more mulch to put on top of it and basically just smother it out. Yep, pretty easy, pretty easy fix. Harmless. Harmless. You can even touch it and play with it. <laughs> Give it to your kids instead of making a slime. Just give them dog vomit, slime from fungi, from uh, from mulch, <laughs> to help last. Um, if 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 you have if you did this on your own and you don't have a landscape company and you're alarmed and you call me or call the ground up or call any company that sells mulch or manufactures mulch, and if you hear well that doesn't happen with our mulch, uh uh-uh. uh wrong it happens with every mulch it doesn't matter how high of a quality product you have it's a natural occurring fungus that happens in moist environments with mulches pretty simple and easy how do you get rid of it you let it dry when it dries it 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 almost becomes like a little crust and then you can turn that mulch or remove the the crust and turn that mulch and move on with your day absolutely so uh a few days ago uh i saw a post on a facebook page that i follow um it's a memorial uh based facebook page memorial in houston and a lady had some artillery fungus growing from the mulch and it was smothering this azalea and it looked pretty dramatic i mean it looked like it was overtaken on the azalea right and so um, one of the comments was use constant 20, which is a product uh, to, I guess, just clean out fungus and, and, and bacteria. Correct. So you can use that. You can also, like I said before, just remove the crust or the fungus and just turn that mulch. Uh, one of my questions to the lady was, when did you uh, put that mulch down? Because it didn't look new. She said October. So you can see that it, it not only is not only growing in the spring, but it can grow from mulch that was put in there in October, and it was really moist. It's been raining in Houston for a few few days now. So once you create that perfect condition for that fungus to grow, it grows really fast. I mean, it spreads really fast, but it's it's not harmful. So um, uh, if the fungus and the spores attach to your siding of the house, to a car, to a flower pot. The easiest way to remove that kind of blackish look because it looks like mold is to take a scrub in a biodegradable cleaner, such as Simple Green. green. Yeah. And just scrub it out and you're good to go. So, can I say something uh, on that topic? So, the best practice would be replace your mulch twice a year, you know, once in the spring, once in the fall. Just put a new layer of mulch on, one to two inches, maybe three inches, turn the old stuff in apply the new stuff on top and that's it pretty much now if you're super alarmed and 
you resort to uh, something else, you can always put a piece of plastic on top of that fungus, black piece of plastic, so there's no sun ray penetration, and let it just die and suffocate because its fungus is alive, is alive. So if you just either suffocate it or just cover it and no sunlight is coming through, uh, what you cover it with, it's going to eventually go away. Well, that uh, I think does it. Let's see. We I think we've covered every question we had on that uh, posting. Um, there's one question that was asked by one of our loyal Facebook followers as well. Um, let's see if I can answer that question as well. But the question was from um, Jarmar, and he asked about seed starting soil. And um, when you seed start a, a plant, uh, depending on what you're growing, you can seed start with a, um, how do I, I forgot the word, sterilized soil. Okay. okay, sterilized means something that is has been processed that is not hot. In, the, in some industries, hot means it has fertilizer or an additive or an inoculant. So you can start the seed in something that doesn't have any fertilizer. Uh, we are working on a really cool project with quality feed and um, in the heights and they're making a seed starting soil uh, and this is a uh, it's going to have a component of cocoa core fiber compost ds and some perlite so you can seed start in that soil because there's no inoculants there's no fertilizers there's no um, high ratios of different components like trees minerals and so forth once you seed start that that plant sprouts and it gets some root growth and can establish then you take that plant and you transplant it to a bigger pot and a perfect product to use for that is our new my veggie and herb soil that just came out uh last week we finally got the plastic in it's a beautiful bag you can visit the groundup.com and see see it in the bulk section and also in the bag section and right now as of today march 21st you have it at buchanan's you have it at Wabash Feed, you have it at uh, Memorial on uh, Ace Hardware on Memorial Drive in Derry Ashford, and soon it's going to hit uh, a few different stores here in Houston, and uh, you can always keep up with those updates on um, Facebook or thegroundup.com, and you'll see who's carrying it. Uh, that's pretty much it. Craig, how was it? Well, I'm not shaking anymore. It was painless. Thank you. Painless, painless, painless. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It is a long recording, 34 minutes and going. And if you like to dissect this podcast and share with your friends, feel free to go to soundcloud.com or access your iP uh, your podcast app via your iPhone and um, subscribe to the podcast. We, we love subscribers and easy to find the Soil Factory podcast. Next topics, we don't know. But it'll happen soon. So, Craig, thanks for joining me. Thank you for the opportunity. It was awesome. And if you like to get in touch with Craig and ask questions about landscaping and other products, feel free to go to thegroundup.com. Under contacts, you'll find my name, Luis Chamorro, and you'll find Craig's name with cell phone numbers and emails. That's it. We're in and out. And thanks for listening to the podcast today. Bye.